Hey, good morning. Welcome to Church in the Mall and welcome home. Hey, you picked a great day to tune in to us on Facebook Live as we are going to begin looking at Acts as an outline and get prepared for the rest of this summer. Let's begin. I've been spending time this week in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, which actually talks a lot about God's jealousy for you and for me and how God wants so badly to be in a relationship with us and to us to honor him in that relationship. Let me read some of these words because I, I think they're so powerful. It begins like this in chapter 2, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me. Go and proclaim in the hearing of all of Jerusalem. I remember the devotion of your youth, how as a bride you loved me and followed me through the desert, through a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord in the first fruits of his harvest. All who devoured her were held guilty and disaster overtook them, declares the Lord. I love this idea of falling in love with God. And as I was reading these words this week, it made me think and actually write down in my journal a question that I'd like you to ponder today too. The question is this, what has happened to your devotion to God, your desire to be with God and spend time with God? I know for me, my life just got overwhelmed with the busyness of the day-to-day -day stuff. And I allowed that stuff to take the place of my time with God. And little by little, I would take more time away from God and put it into the other stuff. And what I found is it robbed me greatly. In fact, so much so that I've spent these last three months on sabbatical, rekindling that first love of God. And this time uh, that we're going to spend together this summer in the book of Acts is an opportunity for you to rekindle that love and awe of God, to realize that God is jealous and he wants our time so badly. He wants to empower us and fill us with streams of living water. And so let's continue as I think there's some other interesting things in Jeremiah that prepare us to better look at the book of Acts. The next section is chapter two, verses 13. My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of the living water, and they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. I don't know about you, but I really wrestle with wanting to be my own God at times. I, I certainly know who God is, and I know his ways are, are not just holy and pure and will bring a life of living water up inside of me. but. I still choose to dig my own cisterns at times. I choose to do things my own way, and perhaps you do too. And so here's another question perhaps for you to ponder this week as you spend time with God. What cisterns have you dug in your life? What situations are you experiencing right now in your life that is robbing you of realizing God's love and desire to fill you with the living water of his presence? I think this is a very powerful question, isn't I reflect on it, I think of all the different areas of my life in which I've begun to dug my, dig my own cisterns. I get mad at things. Uh, we had a garage door repairman have to come this week. We had a refrigerator repairman have to come this week. And we've got a car that's not working right now. And it's easy to just let that overwhelm you. And I begin digging my own cisterns and figuring out my own ways uh, instead of going to God and allowing God to renew my spirit and my soul. Now, sometimes we struggle because we say, God, I'm a good person. I, I do good things. I do the right things, but yet I still feel like everything goes wrong. And when we feel that way, it's hard not to feel as though God is the one punishing us. But let me continue as the prophet Jeremiah says these words in verses 19. Your witness 
or your wickedness will punish you. Your backsliding will rebuke you. Consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of him, declares the Lord God Almighty. You know, it's interesting to me to think that God is not punishing me, but really often I'm just experiencing the consequences of my own decisions. When I try to live a life where I've dug my own cisterns, trying to create my own waters of living life separate from God, I find that there is no life there. In fact, I make a miserable God and a miserable ruler of my own life. But when I turn back into God, then I find the renewing spirit of his presence in my life and things end up working out better. Now, I'm not saying that loving God and having Jesus in your life will take away all those bad things. No, look, I have Jesus and my garage broke, my refrigerator broke, and my car broke all in the same week. And that's just called life. We live in a fallen world. But what God does with his spirit as he renews it inside of me with these living waters is he gives me an opportunity to now step into those difficult times and seek him, to find peace in him, knowing that God will still take care of me. Even though life may be going to pot, I know that there is a God who loves me and is jealous for me and who wants to spend time with me. And that fills me with peace and the presence of God in such a way that I can handle any situation that comes my way with grace and truth. Now, this part I love. In verse 22, Jeremiah now talks about the thing you and I try to do all the time. He says this, Although you wash yourselves with soda and you use abundance of soap, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the Lord. In other words, no matter how good we try to be, we'll never be able to earn God's love. We can't get rid of the things that have separated us from a holy God. And we need that God to come and make a way for us. But this is where there's hope. If you take your Bibles and you jump ahead to chapters 36 of Ezekiel, I want to read this verse that I think has really captured a huge part of what Acts is going to be about. It begins in verse 22, where God says, Therefore say to the house of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, It's not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm going to do these amazing things, but for the sake of my holy name. In other words, God wants to do something so great by bringing you and I back under his rule into his family as adopted sons and daughters filled with the presence of God in a way that we can only imagine. This idea that God wants to do this for his holiness and his purpose means that his promise will endure. God has yet to ever fail in one of his promises. And when he says that he'll do this, that means we can bank on it because it's cashed in on his character. Let's continue because this next part is the part that I love the most. And it starts in verse 26. He says, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees, to be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land that I gave your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. In verse 29, I will save you from all your uncleanliness. It takes a powerful God, a holy God, a righteous God who has never done anything evil to come and give his life for ours in order to separate us from the sin and the fallenness of the world and to invite us back into his family and to be redeemed. And I love this idea of God wanting to put his spirit inside of us. Now, a question for you to consider this week. Why do we need a new heart? 
You know, what situations are you facing right now, circumstances, experience, whatever, that have made areas of your heart hard towards God? And I want you to think about that. Maybe even take some time this week journaling these questions and, and writing out some answers. Spend some time pondering those with God. I know for me, there's a heart of stone inside that I want so badly for God to turn to flesh. And the more I walk with him, the more I feel like he's transforming that heart. But there are areas in my life that I know are hard towards God and his ways. And so this is, again, an opportunity this summer to experience the living God in our lives and see how we can grow together. Now, I want to close our time in this part of God's word with a prayer. And I want to teach you actually a way in which we can pray just using scripture. Again, if you have your Bibles, flip to Psalm 51. We're going to be in verses 10 through 12. And I'm going to show you how you can use the word of God as a prayer in your life this week. Lord, as we come to you now, allow these words to become more than words on a page, but words of our heart. And so beginning in Psalm 51, verse 10, we pray these words. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. In Jesus' name, amen. I love the words of the psalmist here because it talks exactly about where we're headed. It's talking about having that heart of stone turned to flesh. It's about renewing that spirit and God taking his presence and, and putting it literally inside of us so that he tabernacles or dwells within us. Now, let's get into Acts. I just want to do a quick overview in our time that we have remaining, and then we're going to celebrate communion together. So if you have your Bibles, flip over to Acts chapter 1. And I just love the beginning of this book. It gives us the entire layout of where Acts is going. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read chapter 1, verse 1 with me. It begins like this. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. The very first part of this book is actually Luke. Luke and Acts were meant to go together. And they weren't really meant to be separated. But unfortunately, as they would write things out on scrolls, sometimes you'd get too long and too heavy of a scroll. And so it made sense to divide it. But in the first half, in the Gospel of Luke, it's all about Jesus and his ministry here on earth. Until the point of his death, his resurrection, when he's taken up to God. Acts begins where Jesus in his resurrected form comes back to the disciples and for 40 days teaches them about the kingdom of God. He begins introducing them to exactly what he had promised from the beginning, that God would send a savior to change not only their hearts, but to use them then to change the world. Now, if we continue in this chapter one, we're going to see the layout for the entire book. Uh, jump down to uh, verses four for me. On one occasion, while the disciples were all eating with them, Jesus gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, what I love about this is Acts is about what Jesus will do through the people of God after he ascends to heaven. That's people like you and people like me. Acts is also the story of how Jesus leads his followers by the Spirit to go out into the world and invite all people, all nations, to come and live under his rule in his presence. That's why this next part is so neat how it lays out the entire book of Acts. 
Go ahead and look down at verse 7. Jesus says to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father will set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. As you break down the book of Acts, chapter 1 is the introduction that explains everything that's going to happen next and how God will use the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to lead that message of Jesus forward into the world. That you and I become tabernacles or temples of the presence of God and therefore we become the presence in the world of Jesus. We're sent out so that people will see us and the witness we have to the power of God working in our lives. Acts chapter 2 through 7 then is in Jerusalem and the whole story focuses just like Jesus said you're going to be in Jerusalem then 8 through 12 goes to Judea and Samaria the next section that steps outside of Jerusalem and we see how the gospel message begins moving through the Middle East and then 13 through 28 is how the gospel message carries on to the ends of the earth and then after 28 is really the next chapter which you and I are writing right now the one in which the Holy Spirit continues the work of showing people the kingdom of Christ. And so my friends, I am really excited about where we're headed in Acts. We're gonna be starting in chapter one next week. So as we gather next Sunday at 1045 here on Facebook Live, my hope is that you've read through chapter one of Acts at least a few times. Feel free to get a journal. Uh, I love to be able to write down questions and ideas and thoughts and even scripture verses that stick out to me. I begin thinking about things like, what does it mean to be a witness? Or what does it mean to be a container for the presence of God? And what does that do for my life and those that view my life? These are great questions, again, to ponder and think about this week. Well, we've spent some good time in God's Word this morning, and we've spent some time looking at Acts and getting a quick overview. I want to remind you that the book of Acts really takes about a time period of about 30 years. And we're going to go through it in three months. So think about that almost 10 years a month. We're going to go through the book of Acts. But I'm excited. And so with that, let's celebrate some communion together. I'm going to invite Mariah to come and join me. Now, this is a great time for you to grab some elements from your house. In our case, we have gotten some bread. Um, as you know, we're both parents, and we get the end pieces of the bread because that's the one the kids don't eat. But it's going to be perfect for what we're going to do today. And then we've got our cup, and today we filled it with juice to symbolize the crushed grapes and the blood of Christ. And so... Let us come now, grab your elements, let's bless them, and then enter into a time of important communion with God in each other. Lord, would you take these elements now, this bread and this juice, and would you make them far greater than just elements in this earth, but elements that allow us to transcend and connect with you. Father, may this bread represent your body of your son who was broken for us, a gift, an offering that was made so that we could be washed clean and made new and welcomed into your kingdom as children of the living God. And for this juice, Lord, as it represents the blood of the grapes and the blood of Christ that was spilled out for us, the ultimate atoning sacrifice so that there would never need another sacrifice. Lord, may we dwell in your promise and may we find fulfillment knowing that you have conquered both sin and death, that through the power of Jesus and the promise of the Holy Spirit living in our lives, we now become temples of the living God able to step out into this world and fulfill the promise of Jesus to invite all nations under your leadership, your kingdom rule, in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take your elements, break it, 
You may be sharing this with your families at home or with a friend. And what a great way to spend time together with God and each other. You know, this is a great time to end our experience together this morning and to just spend some time contemplating the amazingness of God's promises in our lives. Go ahead and reflect back on the questions that were asked during this time. Perhaps uh, spend some time even dialoguing with a, a friend or a relative or somebody that you know and love and allow the scriptures to penetrate and go deeper so that things don't just sit in our head, but they move all the way to our heart. And that way we begin to transform our entire lives. And that heart of stone that we all have in our chest begins to turn into a heart of flesh. Go in the promises of God's, my friends, and we will see you later this week when we have a few more videos posted, shorter ones that take us through different aspects of Acts chapter 1. And then we'll see you next Sunday at 1045. Have a great week and God bless.